I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, all right, all right, all right. What's today, Jacob? What's today? Wolf, this is the day we've all been waiting for, right? That's right, because it's Pants Day! (laughs) That's right, and right on time. Right on time. As Max comes down the hill with giant strides, wearing a beautiful white shirt which means i know that he didn't fall and he didn't roll down here in any way shape or form there's no grass stains at all it is pads day max you gotta be excited you gotta be fired up this is like christmas in july baby yeah you know and and i and i, and I tussled with the with the option i'm like do i go with a white shirt right right do i go with a yellow shirt okay or do i go with the black right black's good for everything you sure. know it's Absolutely. slimming it allows well, you. Well, slimming is most important. Most important, but I went with the white. You know why? Because I'm an offensive player, Wolf. True. And the offense is going to be wearing white today on their uniforms. I didn't. Even and I want solidarity. That. And I also want to also keep keep it clean, right? Right. I mean, if you're going to get grass stains, only on the front, never on the back. True. True. So I, I'm trying to channel positive energy for the offense today in pads. You know what? I I admire you. I didn't. It didn't even occur to me to bond and, and go solidarity. So so solidisto as far as <laughs> yeah. with the, uh, the you know the guys out there. But you, because you're a younger generation, you're closer to it. You know, you, you're yeah. feeling that sort of uh, kumbaya moment with the offense. More like angst. But okay, yeah, well, we could go. We could go kumbaya. <laughs> I mean, it sounds a lot better than, well, than that word. <laughs> I, I think no angst for you because yeah. Remember, nobody can hit us and nobody can make us run. Unless we're standing too close on the sidelines, yeah. yeah, that's our own fault. That's yeah, yeah, and, 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 yeah, exactly, and and that that's called situational awareness. Situational <laughs> awareness, there yeah. you go, or otherwise known as keep your head on a swivel. Yeah, always, always, always indeed. <laughs> well, my friend, this is exciting because this is what we've been waiting for. The lingerie league has played itself out after three days. Now you got a nice day off, and the players, as you watch day one tick off, day two, day three. To me, the intensity barometer was constantly on the rise. Everything is pointing to today. What say you as a former player? What did you think about back in the day? I mean, back in the day, this was it. This was that crown moment. The first time you're going to see if uh, 
you know, the famous 90s R&B group, Boys to Men, right? You want to see boys turn into men in this day. And that, and that's what you do with having the pads day at this moment. You know, obviously it's a little bit different now versus back when we practiced. I mean, the pads came on, it felt like a lot sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Acclamation was, uh, can you put the helmet on? Okay, you can put the pads on too. Yeah, exactly. There was no <laughs> Put all the equipment on. Why not? Why not? Go ahead. See how it looks on you. Okay, now let's go out to the field. <laughs> Well, it looks the same as it did last year. Okay, so. Yeah, exactly. for the vets, yes. But for the rookies, it's like, oh, no, 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 go ahead, put that on. No, no, no. Okay, now, now let's practice. Now let's practice. Okay, no, 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 you're, you're good. You're good. It fits. We got it right. We don't need a tailor. We got an equipment manager. Raj got it right. Got it right. You're all set. Yeah. Or did you put on some extra LPs in the offseason? Well, you know. Yeah. How big are those thigh boards, really? Yeah, right. <laughs> are they chafing? Yes, yeah, chafing. exactly. <laughs> when, you, when you need thigh boards to take care of the chafing rather than protect your thighs, you, you've probably gained a few pounds. But then you'd rather, ha- you'd rather it be for the chafing than for the clicking because you're too skinny and the thigh boards are too big, right? That's another point. Balance and everything, man. There is. There is. We're we're finding balance in the universe here. There's no doubt about it. You are listening to Wolf Starks. I got Jacob and the Ninjas. We're all here. We're all at training camp because training camp is about to get real. I mean, really real because the pads do come on today. It's a glorious day. The sun is out. It's kind of like one of those Doris Day moments. It's so nice. Yeah, it is. It it is. I mean, and there's there's enough overcast out in the yonder. That it's not hot. Right. Right? Yes. It, it, it's keeping a good homeostasis here. Yeah, not only that, it's balanced. Yeah. I can't with you. I can't with you. Th- hey, thank you. Look, dis- dictionary.com by, Ron, by by Craig Wolfley. Yeah, yeah. I almost said Ron. The right family, wrong brother. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, because Ron's always throwing out dictionary terms and right. thesaurus phrases. So go. it's like, yeah, I got confused. I was like, oh, my God, it's Ron Wolfley here for a second. There go the geese again. There, there they are. Oh, no, no, no. There's more geese. There's more geese and more. My goodness. There's, there's about four or five factions of geese they right now. They are just flying, man. I mean, wow. I don't know about that rebel faction over there with three by himself. Yeah, but I know. They're, they're standoffish. Yeah, they are. You know, I think you call, what do you call a geese? Like a, a bunch of them. A gaggle. Gaggle, okay. yeah. It's a gaggle. You know, you know what the crows are? It's a murder of crows. A murder of crows. That's what they call it. A murder of crows. Glad I don't like to see groups of them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who, who, who wants that? Yeah, who wants a murder? I'd rather have a gaggle over a murder. Yeah, a gaggle. <laughs> they say, like they say, you know, you got geeses out here, and in the inner city, pigeons are like citified geeses. You know? <laughs> I mean, these are, these are important, highly technical terms. Okay. Yes. Getting back to it. Today is the day we know that the pads do come on, we know that it starts to get serious. And we also know that this is a starting point. You drive a stake into the ground, and each and every day is one of those, are you going to get better or are you going to get a little worse? It's that sort of process as we inch along through this preseason. And guys start to create space between themselves. Yeah, you either either create space or you tighten the space. (laughs) Um, Just because when you have pads, it's the guys who excel – at the physical aspects of the game, are going to gain in this arena. And guys who shy away from it, guys who, quote-unquote, are labeled as finesse, are are going to get exposed in this moment. So if it's a starter versus a backup, it can tighten. Or it can definitely blow the thing wide open, and then you leave no doubt. And, you know, I think that on the offensive side of the ball, I need to see a lot of – I need to see a lot of leave no doubt. 
because what we saw Saturday was not, you know, what we have as a standard. I know defense is going to always be ahead of the offense when we get to this point in camp. But now you need to start taking back the field, right? You need to start taking back that lost ground. And it starts today. And, of course, I think it culminates with Friday. So you've got five practices to start to get back into form and start to show what a run game looks like. Yes. Show what true pass protection and passing off twists and stunts looks like forcefully, emphatically, intentionally versus, oh, yeah, no, I had it. Gracefully. I mean, listen, listen, the grace is right next to the gravy, okay? You know, exactly. No, no, I don't don't want grace when there's pads on. Like we off, we seek no quarter. We ask for no quarter uh, in that it. moment. You got it. And so I don't want guys seeking comfort, even though I do see the pads stacked up over there, and that yep. is a very comforting place when you're not in practice. <laughs> That's true. But I'm, but I digress. This is where you start to see. Okay, who can I count on in the foxhole? Right? Who is who? Who's my guy? Is going to be to my left or my right? And what is he bringing to the table? And is he matching my intensity? But let me take you back one more. Think about it when you're a rookie. It's not about the foxhole. It's not about the man to your right or left. It's about you. How many times did you sit there in your rookie year? It started for me when the vets reported because back in the day, we had double sessions a whole week of just rookies and guys that had been injured the year before were coming back early. Then after a week of doubles, we'd have the veterans would report and we'd start the process all over again. So there we are. you know, you're you're there, and you're watching, for me, it was watching Joe Green come in. Then it was Mike Webster and Jack Lambert and Donnie Shell and Jack Ham, all these guys. And you start to get feel smaller with each future <laughs> Hall of Famer that like, comes into the lunchroom, you know. And you're sitting yeah. there, and you're, like, going, why am I even here? <laughs> I mean, don't, I mean, didn't you feel like you start to wonder, Am I? can I compete with these guys? Can I actually get out there and do it, go at it with a Dwight White, with an L.C. Greenwood? I mean, those sorts of questions start to, like, percolate in your gourd. Well, and, yeah, because you, you, the first question for any rookie is going to be, do I belong here? Yes. Right? That, that's your yep. question first and foremost. The second you pull up down the drive in front of, in front of the, the dorms and you step out of your car for the first time to unload your stuff and you're like do I belong here am, am I worthy enough to be here to earn a spot for this team and that's the first thing that you get answered but I think it it quickly dissipates once you get into those first two practices right it's just like the first play of a game, right? It's always anxiety, always, can I do it? Can I do it? Am I good enough? Should I be here? And then, I'm good. Yes. It's like everything quiets. Everything goes goes very low. And now it's like, no, this is a game I've been playing since I've been a little kid. I'm like, no, I, I definitely belong here. I definitely can go do it. Let's go do battle. But I think for a rookie coming into training camp, you always want to see what the tempo is, right? Because – in college, there was one tempo. You were the man, so you set the tempo. Whereas you come in here, you're crap, right? You know, you're at the bottom of the barrel, and now you got to figure out what is the tempo, what is the standard here. I can guess, but let the veteran show me the way, but yet still don't lose sense of self. Remember what it took to get you here. Right. You know, the interesting thing is you pra- you, you kind of hit on practice etiquette. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Which was not a word back in the 80s. Yeah. Maybe maybe it started to come in in the 90s. I can't remember that far back. 
But I do know that it was not prevalent back in the day. You know, when you got double sessions, you got full pads. Practice etiquette was a little bit different than today. And today, you know, you're getting guys. I just saw, I was watching the NFL Network, and they were talking about scrappiness in other camps and stuff like that. And Josh Allen actually going oh, after yeah. a guy. And, Jordan you know, Phillips. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Going after the D tackle. Why not? Yeah, Why exactly. Not? But, you know, the thing about it is it, there's, it's just guys just establishing the you know the the alpha males you know what i mean yeah. you, you you you, you got to come to an understanding of of you know who's who kind of in that you know bottom feeder type thing and you you got to go through the process of establishing who you are and what you're going to take and what you're not going to take yeah you know? no and 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 this is the physical representation of that right yes. there's no, there's no writ or or any type of order that says hey listen before we start here i just want to just want to go over what the do's and don'ts are <laughs> Here's a safe word, you know. Uh, you know, no, no, it's none of that. You're going to figure it out out there. But I think the important thing is, is I said this earlier, is you got to go out and you got to establish a mentality, especially offensively. Like I think a lot of people know what the defense stands for and and have known what. I mean, it's a Steeler tradition, right? Right. You know, since you've been here, if you get drafted to the Steelers as a defensive player, you know what to expect. Regardless if you if you if you're a fan of the team or not, you know what to expect. Offensively, that's where it's more of a question. So this is an opportunity to reestablish your identity on who you want to be known as. And this is the first statement in that chapter that you're going to write for the 2022-2023 season. You know what's interesting to me is the NFL's ruled out things like Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Why do we have backs on backers? You know, I look at that and I go, why don't we have Oklahoma? <laughs> Because I look at the backs on backers, and you talk about guys having a bigger run at each other. I was about to say it's just expanded Oklahoma. Yeah, that's that's all. It's it's like uh, it's almost like in motion Oklahoma. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> got, it's like no, no, no. Get a head start before yes, Oklahoma. Let's, let's just go. And I and I, I sit there because you know the rules of engagement are always okay. You don't go down the middle of the guy, right? That's what they tell the linebackers and the rushers and everything, backside yeah. backers. You don't go down the middle. You go to an edge, put a move on them until you get your butt whipped by an offensive guy. Then you know the next one, the guy's coming right down the middle of you. Oh, He's yeah. going to go right down your middle. Yeah. And that's when I say, go ahead and cut him. Just cut him. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That'll fix their wagon. That will, but then we realize we also need those guys to play for us. I know. But <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, I'm only thinking about survival at the moment. Yeah, I Max. know. I know. Listen, I know. It all turns red, and, and, and it's, just, it's, it's just flying fists, spitting tears. I know. Trust me. I get it. I get it. But I think that's the You're reason no why. You're no stranger to that. <laughs> no, I'm no stranger to that. I've, 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 I've been in that box before. <laughs> Let me out! <laughs> you know what I love? I love watching the backs on backers, though, and not necessarily the action. I like watching the guys in the line. Yeah. You know who's engaged. You know who wants to disengage. You know who, you know. Guy's pretending that he's got to tie his shoe, and you know, yeah. you know, uh, the the trainer. Oh, could you, you know, tape my finger or something? But you know, you can tell guys that really want to compete and go after, it, and you can tell the guys that are more interested in getting a, a pebble out of their shoe than they are about lining up. They're like, li- li- listen, where's the clock at? Where's the clock? Okay, I'm gonna go down. I'm gonna I'm gonna retie my shoe for the thirteenth time. Yes. I'm gonna look to my right, and I'll let you know. And then two knocks means we got two minutes left. One knock means one minute. 
and then this means that you're going to have to do it. <laughs> you start making code words. You start planning it out. You're going to have to do it. It's like yeah, if they yeah. don't make eye contact yeah. with Mike, maybe they'll be safe, you know? Yeah, exactly. But and Mike know, sits up there and he, he, he orchestrates all the matchups. You'll love yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I, I'm looking forward to it because I think that's something. But you know what? Our our, our real drill was one-on-one pass rush. That oh, was yeah. the one. Because it's the most, A, unrealistic, right? Yes. How often are you going to be singled? In that moment, and the quarterback's going to be stationary where that little square box is, yes, yes. And, and and you work on a track. Yes, I was like, no, no, this is not how it is. This is advantage defense. So if I can get a win, they're not going through their run keys. You know, they, they have nothing to key. There's no twist. There's there's no float responsibilities. Right. They don't have to go off the ball. I'm like, they just have to see ball, hit ball. Yeah, which is why offensive linemen are smarter. <laughs> Except for the fact when you look and you go. Well, look, there's lines there for both the defensive and offensive guy to, like, you know, follow kick directions. Step, follow, yeah, <laughs> yeah. follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I look at it, it's more it's more like, you know, the lines on a highway, right? Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're there as a suggestion, not necessarily a, a true it's purpose. It's not a hard and fast set of rules. No, there. no, no. That's why that some of them are dotted. Some of them are solid. There's some yellow. There's some white. These are white, which means you can cross over those lines. <laughs> right. It's, you, not you know, a, it's not a double it, yellow. Now if, it, now, if it was double yellow, then no, no, no. Don't cross over it. You know, so so I think there's a lot of – but there are general rules. I think also for defensive linemen, like, you can't line up in a ghost 12 technique, okay? <laughs> like, you can't right. You can't go line up we're, – we're, we're on the field. We're looking at the scoreboard side. You can't go line up at the goal post and expect a rush on the quarterback, yeah, right? right? I mean, that's just ridiculous. No, it needs to be close, closer quarter combat, even for the island guys at tackle. There's no question about that. And, you know, here's the thing about it, Max, and we've got to go to break in a little bit here, but I want to get this in. You know, what's important to me is a few years ago uh, there was a problem. Well, the Steelers weren't tackling well. And all of a sudden Mike institutes a tackling protocol in practice. And I remember standing there next to Kevin Colbert going, Kevin, is, am I, am, is there something here beyond what I see, just aggressive people? Yeah. <laughs> you know, are you aware of this? And I, rem- I remember looking at him, and he had no idea because Mike didn't tell anybody ahead of time. Now, I go back to last year. Remember when Mike was talking in some of the post-game you know, game conference or, you know, the media stuff or the Tuesdays, yeah. and he said, um, you know, we're not winning enough of the one-on-one battles up front, defensively speaking. Obviously, when you give up four 200-yard games and a near fifth one, basically five 200-yard games, you're you're not winning enough battles up front. And I wonder if does Oklahoma somehow come back under a different name other than Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you have to do – it's either that or it's, or it's a more aggressive or extended 907 period. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, mean, I think that's the only other way around it, right? It, because the NFL expressly wants Oklahoma – out of their nomenclature at the what professional level. What do they got level. against Rodgers and Hammerstein and that wonderful play? Y- you oh, know, Oklahoma. I mean, yeah, it's, pro- it's, pro- it's probably, you know, the, mu- the the music aspect of it. It's a lot of choreography. You know, you know. We don't do choreography we very don't, well. We don't. We don't. I mean, it's dancing elephants, right? You know, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if I want to see a bear on a ball like in a like three-ring circus. <laughs> Look at Bobo! Look at Bobo the Bear. He's doing such a great job balancing on that ball. No, uh, but I, but I think 
I think the reason why, you know, obviously there's some health in the contact and obviously why we have the Guardian caps. Right. It looks so weird to minimize some of the micro The ones that make that you happen. look like the ca- great kazoo from the Flintstones. That's right. Hello, dum-dum. <laughs> <laughs> See, you were a fan too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, you know, I, I think that's their way of saying, okay, th- especially for offensive defensive linemen, right? We know that when you look at the studies, you look at the brain health issues and everything, Defensive and offensive linemen, because we have more constant contact, sub-concussive. micro, sub-concussive effects, yes. um, you want to eliminate that. Well, Oklahoma is is in direct um, kind of kind of uh, negativity <laughs> towards it, I guess you'd say. You know, it's a direct contradiction of, of those thoughts. So, you know, we, we'll see. But I would like to see a very aggressive uh, nine on seven and not just a seven shots, period. All right. Well, that's in the books. You are at training camp. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. And we'll be back with more because we're going to come back and start talking about the Hall of Honor and the Hall of Honor honorees for this year. And we'll be back with more after this. This is Black and Gold Fan Habit SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room where Steelers Nation comes together. Right here, baby, you know it. It is game on because today the pads go on, which makes it like Christmas in July. But another thing that makes it like Christmas in July are for the four very, uh, the four very special performers who... Uh, have uh, been inducted into the Hall of Honor, and the Steelers un, un, uh, revealed their their inductees on Saturday. And we know that it's Ray Matthews. We know that it's Sam Davis. We know that it's um, uh, Heath Miller and Myron Cope, of course. So these guys, very, very deserving. I look at it, and, I, and number one, I think about Myron Cope. I'm going to start with Myron because he was such a unique character. He was part of... You know, the Steelers game day color. He was the Steelers game day color analyst hired way back in 1970, Max. This squeaky voice guy. That's right. Squeaky like, squeaky like cheese curds. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, and he wasn't much bigger than a, than a whole box <laughs> of them. I mean, he was a little guy. Feisty he was. Yay, yoy, and double yoy, and all that sort yeah. of thing. I mean, the creator of the terrible towel, right? Yes. I mean, I mean, when you think about the impact that Myron Cope has had on the Steelers organization as a voice and as I would say the ringleader of, of the Yenzers, right? Yes. I mean, it, it's something special. When you tuned into a broadcast and you heard that squeaky voice, right? You know, yep. and he's just telling you all these great stories and the colorfulness in which he described the game, it was just unique. And I think for us, that was our legendary guy, right? That was our Harry Carey. That was our John Madden. That that was the representation of everything Pittsburgh when you heard that broadcast. And to create something as iconic and as legendary as the Terrible Towel, often duplicated but never imitated, there's only one Terrible Towel, official rally towel of a sports team. It started here. He perfected it, and it's something that will live on. It's given towards charity, so it has a legendary longevity. Yes. It will be in perpetuity. I, I, I could never imagine, even in a, another 100 years, when we're completely dust, right, and, and we're up in the heavens watching Steeler football from the sky. 
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Guy, Because it's better than watching it on 4K. We're going to still see terrible towels in whatever machination stands or wherever virtual environment. And I think that's something that's special. And, and Myron had a way, because like you said, when he was when he was hired in 1970, think about the legendary run that happened in that, oh, yeah. in, in that ensuing decade. Like yes. to own a decade and you're the voice during that, I mean, it, it is immortality. For, for a lot of respect. And you know what's interesting to me is the way Myron went about it because he was not your average broadcaster. No. He had all the nomenclature, the funny sayings, the, you know, the... Uh, Colloquialisms. And, and thank you. I'll leave yeah. that for you to there say. There we go. All right. You know, all those things. And so he was unique in every sense of the word. But you take a look at some of his accomplishments. He was a writer for Sports Illustrated. He wrote books. He was well known as a sports writer. Uh, he was uh, first pro football broadcaster to be elected to the National Radio Hall of Fame back in 2005. Wow. You know, that says something. He was presented the Pete Rozelle Radio and Television Award at the 2005 Pro Football Hall of Fame ceremonies in Canton. I mean, this is so unique. In 1983, Cope was the first member of the broadcast media to be appointed to the Pro Football Hall of Fame to its board of selectors. You know, I mean, there was a lot of things going on with Myron there. Yeah, no, I, I mean, and, and that's the thing, right? I mean, it's not only, you know, the love from a local town, but the national recognition. Like, everybody knew how special Myron Cope is. And especially, you know, in my years, I only had a few years with Myron. But you could just see when he walked around, I mean, the love, the admiration, the respect that was given and shown towards him. Because, like you said, it, it's tough to be a radio guy, and make your own statement, right? Because there's never a face, there's only a voice. And so your voice is your tool of work in a lot of respects. But to know that, you know, you can put pen to paper and that you can create these articles, which now kind of goes alongside with the radio aspect, the words have to transport you to a place. You have to be able to create a mental imagery. And he was so good at engaging and creating that environment, if you're not in the stadium, you felt like you were in the stadium when you listened to Myron. You know, it's so funny. I uh, learned uh, Myron was, like I said, he was just so much fun and unique. One of the things I, I remember distinctly was after my rookie year, uh, maybe my second year, 
I remember being at a banquet with him. You know, one of those, you know, you sit yeah. up front. And the, you know, rubber the dais. Yeah, the dais. The rubber chicken circuit. Yeah, you know? exactly. So I'm, uh, I get up and I, I do my spiel, right? And then I, I, I get on Myron. I start going, Myron, who names, who names your kid Myron? You know, I mean, what kind of name is that? But kids didn't, your parents didn't like you there, Myron, or something like that. So he gets up at his turn, and he's the last guy, and he just rips me a new one. I mean, he's up and down just killing me, right? And yeah. it's hilarious. Oh. And it, I, you, all you can do is laugh. I was in tears laughing. It was so funny. And then he stops, and he goes, well, Flay, let that be a lesson to you. You never mess with the man who's got the microphone last. That was such a great lesson. I mean, I mean, I mean, life, <laughs> life imitates oh, art. <laughs> absolutely. You know, I mean, this guy had a, he hosted a nightly talk show on WTAE AM, and he also was a sports reporter on uh, WTAE TV. Uh, this guy was all over the place. And I'll never forget when they, they had a uh, Myron Cope Hall of Fame on Monday Night Football. I mean, yeah. I, I, Myron Cope halftime recognition of his great awards uh, on Monday Night Football. And so I was told to be on hand. I would introduce Myron at halftime to the fans. I thought, oh, that's really, you know, that's nice. That's a big thing, right? Yeah. So then just before I go out, I get told by um, the man, I'll, I'll, I'll just say he was DMR's right-hand man. <laughs> the oh, cop. Yes, yeah, there yes. you go. Yeah, there we go. All right. So anyhow, he tells me, he goes, listen, now Myron has a tendency to kind of go on a little bit. He says, you've got 12 minutes at halftime. We've got technically 10 minutes by which, well, actually more like eight minutes that he's got to be done. Every minute that he goes over will cost the Steelers up to hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't, so he cannot go over. Okay. So he said, what I need to do from you is after you introduce him, you stand there. When I give you the thing, cut him off. If you have to wrestle him to the ground. <laughs> Wait a minute! I'm going. What? What? Well, I got. I got to wrestle. We're honor, well, we're we're honoring this man, and you want you want me to go security tackle him? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be the schlub that will be forever yeah. remembered for tackling and wrestling the microphone oh, from Myron Cope. And you know the Myron cameras are going to be fire, oh. firing off. I mean, any, anything like even the grab might look like you're, you're like you're jabbing him in the face. Well, anything. He's uh, only four foot nine or yeah, ten. Exactly. So, you know. So I'm well, just, he should have said, just put him in your pocket and walk off the field, okay? He's poly pocket sized. Put him in there and then grab the microphone and walk off. Max, I'm standing there and I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm pleading with Myron, please shut it down. And, you know, there's like 30 seconds to go and I'm looking, I'm looking at my man. I'm looking at Myron. And I'm going, oh, no, 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 no. And he, he, Myron hit it right on the button. I'm like, yes, all right, good. I'm not going to be scorned for the rest of my life. Exactly. I will not be the villain of Pittsburgh. <laughs> taking down Myron Cope on Myron Cope Monday Night Football. Yes. Oh, my goodness. But that was quintessential Cope. You know, yeah. I mean, just he was a gentleman. He was hilarious. He was just one of those guys. He was feisty in his commentary, and yet he was always fair, and he was always, I would say, credible was the thing that you, you think of when you think of Myron. Yeah, no, and, and very objective. You know, he stay, he stayed on point. He knew how he knew how to but, quote unquote button it up, right? He knew right. how to put a bow on his comments. And like you said, I mean, the credibility um, anybody would come talk to Myron. You know, and he could go anywhere and talk to anybody because he knew that they they knew that they would get a fair shake with Myron. Myron wasn't gonna right. throw him under the bus, but he also wasn't going to 
you know, sugarcoat a lot of things. Oh, which he might you make him fun that. of you, but you know. That's oh yeah, okay. no, he, but, and that's the whole point. He's going to make fun of you, but you all know it's in good spirit. But he, there's and no he loved it when you would make fun of him. Yeah, you know, I mean, he would just come right back at it. Well, I mean, it's, it's like Jackie Gleason, right? When you yep. listen to Jackie Gleason, like you want that interaction, you want to have the repartee, right? Because that engages and endears people even more. No, there's no question. He yeah. loved that. One of the things that I remember was around oh, the mid 2000s, 05, somewhere in there, they re- they put up a exhibition of the uh, Lewis and Clark expedition, which began here in Pittsburgh, and went yeah. down. You know, they all went out west and everything like that. Uh-huh. So uh, then the Rooney family actually went out and did the same, um, you know, course, traversed the same waters as as uh, Lewis and Clark. So anyhow, they had an exhibition in Heinz in the um, Great Hall. They had put up, you know, the Lewis and Clark stuff and all those factoids. So Myron was talking about it, you know, during a game, a preseason game. And so I chimed in. I said, Myron, yes. I said, as I understand it, uh, Lewis and Clark were uh, your first live interviews that you ever did in your career, right? Because <laughs> <And he was laughs> like, you know, that was like 250 years ago. Yeah, or something. exactly. And he's like, I'm all fine. Yeah, but that's exactly. the fun that he was. He loved when you went at him. Him and Tunch, when they would go back and forth, it was hilarious. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, because it, it almost, you know, it, it was one of those things like you're like, okay, the argument's about to break out, <laughs> and I have my money on Tunch. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't I don't know. I mean, I feel like Myron definitely keeps like a sack of nickels wrapped up like, <laughs> you know, just in case, right? Somebody exactly. tries it because he's a shorter guy. But, no, I mean, I mean, and, and that that's what was so great. Like, you listen to the broadcast, and you were coming out entertained. Like, yes. nobody was coming back saying, Ugh, I can't believe that. No, you're like, oh, my God, why did the game have to end? You know, when you hear Myron on the call and, like you said, the repartee he had with Tunch, you know, with Bill Hillgrove and, and oh, yes. everybody. I mean, it's just the history. Jack we Fleming go, before yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, you know? it was just it, – it, it, it's pure – as for us as radio broadcasters, like that's the gold standard, right? Yep. That you, you hope to one day get close to that. You know, we know you'll never achieve equality nope. in that respect. But as long as that's just still your goal, you're in the right direction. That's the standard. Yeah. There's a standard for the players. There's a standard for the broadcasters. Absolutely. The standard is the standard. And the standard is here at training camp where it is going down. It's going to be live today. It's all about putting up or shutting up because, you know, the defense has been hooting and howling a little bit there, you know, and, doing well, some good and, things. And kicking and throwing balls into the stands after they intercept them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No doubt about it. And I think we're going to see T.J. Watt is not up for the punting job, in case you were wondering. No. He is not. He's not a full-fledged punter. He might He might be a ranger punter like like, like Ben was, but uh, I didn't like the technique. You know, here's the thing about it. Going back to Debo snapping, uh, you know, when he snapped one into the Allegheny there. What are you talking about? He hit the camera on the goalpost. <laughs> did he? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I we were sitting there because we were like, like going, what in the <laughs> world happened there? Well, because when, when Greg went down, right, right. you know, because we saw how to – we're like, oh, my God, we don't have a snapper. What's right? Greg's last name? Uh, oh, God. Oh, don't. don't. Warren. Warren. Oh, Greg Warren. That's yeah, right. G, G. Warren. Yeah, oh, G. Warren. Oh, oh, look. The ninja jumps in just I when know. we needed him. The one that's got brains here. Yeah, exactly, because both of us are sitting there just staring off into the abyss like, we, at least I got Greg right. Yeah, at least yeah, I yeah, got, Greg. got Greg. <laughs> that was good. But, right, when Greg goes down, Greg Warren, um, sorry about that, G. Warren. Um, you know, when, when he goes down, we're like, oh, man, well, who's going to – you know, Debo's like, okay. And he's warm up on the sidelines, right? Yep. We're like, man, this you know, this, this looks good. We feel good. All right, okay, Debo, let's do it. And he gets out there. 
And I guess when he saw everybody line up against him and somebody was over his head and it was live, I don't know what panic was in, in, in James's head. He snapped it with every single inch of his biceps. You know and, how strong that man is. And he's he's definitely still one of the strongest guys. Did you know The Rock offered him a XFL contract? No, really? <laughs> he, he, want, he wants to create a unique contract just for him to come in on third down situations and be a situational <laughs> pass rusher in the XFL. That was hilarious. Really? Yeah. No. How interesting. Yeah, but I digress. I'd rather see a ring match with, with Rock and with James Harrison. Oh, absolutely. Because I, I think James could take Oh, him. put him in hell in a cell? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Table, ladders, and chairs. I, I don't even know. I just, you know, or, or just, you know, fight to the death, guys, okay? <laughs> Listen, don't get out that ring if you still have breath in your body. You know what I'm saying? Like, By the way, know. did you see on History Channel last night they got the Coliseum? They're doing First a great all, series on the Roman Coliseum. Do you know where I'm at? Do you yeah. know where I'm at? I'm, I'm in a dorm room. Right. Do you think we have History Channel in there? I don't know. No. You order. You ordered up a bunch of stuff, man. Yeah, I know, but I don't have History Channel. I don't, well, I'm I, sorry, okay? Yeah, listen, I, listen, trust me. It hurts me because History is one of my favorite channels to watch. It's that and the Science Channel outside of all the other stuff. But those are my two go-tos in the evening. I can't watch it. Can't watch it. So I'm going to have to catch it on, on some type of Hulu or something. Well, you're going to have to because you got to find or out history where it's streaming. Plus. Because here's the thing about it. You know, you, you you watch and take a look at, you know, they're building the Coliseum, then they got all the action going on. The action is going to be here at St. Vincent coming Excellent. on. This is the Coliseum. That's right. This Western is the PA. Coliseum, baby. All right. <laughs> we're going to go to break, and we're going to come back with more. We're going to keep the discussion rolling with more Hall of Honor honorees and keep it real because it's about to get real today. Absolutely. You're listening to the official voice of Black and Gold Nation, SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You're in the locker room, and the locker room is at St. Vincent College, where today the pads are on, and it's going to get real. Max Starks, Greg Wolfley, Jacob, the ninja, the sensei of the ninjas. He, We're all here. We're all kind of getting it done, and we're all excited because it's about time we got to see some real action. You know, the the intensity factor kept ratcheting up day by day by day as we're going through the lingerie league, right? As, yeah. uh, you know, guys are getting a little more uh, feisty and a little bit more, uh, you know, efforting their best efforts in whatever they're, they're doing at the moment. And, it you know, you, there's a practice pace that you set for a while. And the problem with, with shells, as we've talked about, Max, is some guys take shells as being full go. Some guys take shells as being walk-through speed. Yeah, and, and you don't really know which one you're at until you actually go through it. And, right. You know, you might, you might get embarrassed for a play or two. Until you right. figure out what the speed properly is. And then it's about to rectify that. Yeah. <laughs> and then now you spend the next 17 plays making sure that you know that that was just an aberration, right? <laughs> yes. But but now with pads, oh, you know what the speed is. You know what the speed is. Oh, you is. know what the assignment is. <laughs> and you know what the goal of the day is, right? Clubber Lang, right? That's it. That's right. Forecast. Pain. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things the Steelers have done is they've unveiled their 2022 class of uh, Hall of Honorees. Uh, we've already talked about Myron Cope, 
the great Myron Cope, absolutely. And now we want to talk, go a little throwback. We got the leather helmet days. We got from 1951 to 1959 a guy by the name of Ray Matthews who played halfback. And in the terminology of back then, he played right end, which is a flanker in today's football. But this guy, this young man is a, is a veteran player, nine seasons as a Steeler. 230 receptions max, 3,919 yards, 11th in team history. Um, everything that they say about this guy back in the day was, man, he was just a great player. Well, I mean, you think about, you know, it, it's, it's, tough, it's tough to say, hey, I remember watching him, right? I mean, you know. Right, because I was you know, only one when he, when he, I was two years old when he hung him up. Yeah, exactly. And I wasn't even a thought in my dad's, in right. my dad's uh, mind. Right. So, you know, when you look at that, it, it's tough to find the film. But like you said, when you have an organization like the Steelers, you have the history. You have the game logs. You have, you know, that. And I think it's always important to continue to preserve that, but also highlight it. Like, th- we were a team back in the 50s. We're a team that was founded in 1933. There's a lot of history. It's not just contemporary recent right. successes. There are others who laid the groundwork, and Ray Matthews was one of those guys. And I think you have a significant milestone that that he, that he accomplished. Oh, there's no question about it because we were talking in the office, and I was pointing out to you, uh, he they beat the Cleve Brownies for the first time in 1954, that being the Steelers, right? Okay, so the Steelers beat the Browns for the very first time. Matthews scored four TDs, and the Steelers won 55-27. to And Gadzooks, Max, it's never been the same. The Brownies have never been the same, have they? No, they didn't. I mean, <laughs> they had a brief glimpse of normalcy with Jim Brown. Right. But, I mean, you look at it, and yes, they were always okay, but never great in the Super Bowl era. You know, this is a team that has struggled with it. But, you, but I mean, but here's the thing to think. As much as we've had dominance and success over the Browns over the last 20-plus years, you, you have to remember, it took 21 years for the first time to beat them. Yep. 1954. This team was founded in 1933. Cleveland Browns are just as old. So it took 21 years, and this is one of the guys directly responsible for that success for the Steelers and setting up – future traditions right because that was in the 50s and you think of the groundwork that's laid in the 60s as well which leads to the 70s and then leads to what we now know the Steelers to be when we look at that symbol this is one of the early guys who made sure that symbol stood for something well he was a two-time pro bowler uh he was you know a great player and and congratulations to the entire Matthews clan the family uh it's nice and what I like about it is the Steelers are reaching back through all of history. You know, I mean, the whole history. It's not like, yeah. the, you know, you're not going to recognize the gentleman who uh, really founded the game, founded the, the Steelers organization, and uh, played their way into history. So these guys, Ray Matthews, Myron Cup, two big ones. Now we're going to go to a guy that I played with, guy that, yeah, yeah. that uh, you know, Sam Davis was just a great player. Sam played 13 years. Um, he was – he played from 1967 to 1979. He was injured my rookie year. Okay. Um, he got, matter of fact, was in a preseason game at Cleveland. And, uh, you know, we went through training camp here together. And I'll never forget the gentleman and the leader that Sam was because you know the importance of a, of a locker room. You know the importance of what it is to build that sort of men, mentor-mentee relationship between the older and the younger. And when I first reported here, uh, I'm sorry, when the Steelers vets came here because I was already here because back then 
That's the right. Rooks had rookie week. You showed up for rookie That's week. That's right. So uh, Sam Kemp c- comes over to me and says, Craig, I'm in room 221 in Bonaventure Hall. I still remember the ne- the number. I uh, says, if you – room with John Kolb. He said, if you um, need any help with the playbook, got any confusion, I'll come and see me. And I did. And Sam was just – Good to his word. He was a great, great man. He was a great player, and he was just a quiet guy who delivered always. Yeah, no, and, and like you said, when you're thinking about those Super Bowl teams and what the 70s meant, you know, as we talk about Ray Matthews kind of being a precursor for that, but Sam Davis was the living embodiment of that. He he was responsible for the holes that Rocky Blyer and Franco Harris ran through, right? right. He was responsible for keeping Terry Bradshaw upright when Terry was allowed to stay within the confines of, of the pocket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, but I think, I think, and that's something that, you know, when we look at it, you're like, man, these are the offensive line. It goes unsung, but Hey, we have recognition here. Sam Davis is a guy that, you know, for his tenure, I mean, when you play 10 plus years in this league yeah. and you played in that era and you have four Super Bowl rings, I know he was injured for the first Super Bowl got replaced by Jim Clark in the first one, but he was still a part of that team and their success to get to that Super Bowl, and then the, to start and win three other Super Bowls. I mean, that's just Eddie rare Wire, rare. Randy White, yeah, in the Super yeah. Bowl. Oh man, I mean, yeah. it was masterful. The yeah, things that Sam did. I look at it and go, he was originally discovered by Super Scout Guru uh, Nonpareil. That would be, of course, Bill Nunn, the great yes, Bill Nunn. Absolutely. And he played at Allen University from Columbia, South Carolina. And Allen, at that time when Sam was there, had less than a thousand students. <laughs> you talk about coming from very humble beginnings, but what a great man! And the third year became a starter at left guard. He's a four-time, as we said, Super Bowl champ. And I leave it to the great Larry Brown, who encapsulated and talked about him. He said he had a toughness that served him really well. He played with great technique and was tenacious. They would be in a battle, uh, in a battle for the whole game, and Sam was usually going to win that. And that's what Larry Brown said about him. I know this. Um, he had he had three nicknames. One was Riggy, short for rigor mortis, because, you know, he played so long. Uh, the second one was Tight Man, because he was one of those guys that, as a team leader, he was a captain, and he was one of those guys that uh, – really reached out and made sure everybody was all together, kind of like a James Ferrier type of persona. And also his nickname was Hero. They, I used to call him Hero. He was a hero to me. He was one of the, he was one of the first guys that reached out and made me feel accepted in, you know, the, the Steelers of that day. So uh, Sam Davis, I can't say enough great things about the man. The man was really terrific. When you watch the old films and you see him leading Rocky Blyer, you see him leading Franco Harris on sweeps, you see him on traps, you see how he played pass pro. One of the things he told me great was he says, on certain guys, he goes, make sure you punch with that left hand and grab with the right because if they go inside hard, they'll pull you. <laughs> 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 a, there's, a, there's a maestro of grabbing the cloth there. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that, that's what we like to call nuance. Yes, nuance. nuance. Yes. It's oh. the nuance of the game. <laughs> it's a coaching point. <laughs> exactly so. No doubt about it. Well, the thing that's going to happen, we're, we're, we're going to uh, take a break here in a moment, but uh, we are so looking forward to the pads coming on because now the deal gets real. Now we can start to evaluate. Guys can start to make that space in between me and thee, as they say. You know, and the biggest, hardest thing that starts right now, and we'll talk about when we come back in the, in the, in, on the other side of the break, but 
thinking about being in the room with all these great players, and you're thinking, what am I doing here? you got to focus, not on the head count in the room, only on yourself. Absolutely. Knowing where you got to go, where you got to be. All right, we're going to go to break, and we'll come back with more right here at training camp. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas right here. Showtime! The Black and Gold live here 24-7. This is SNR. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.